Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. With farmers still recovering from the long summer drought, I caught up with dairy specialist Joe Patton to discuss winter diets. But first, I asked him about the current fodder deficit across the country. The national situation um, has changed a bit for the better in the last um, four or five weeks with the good weather, but we still see, um, you know, we still see significant deficits, and that's to be that's to be remembered. Um, so, like overall, I suppose the, the national picture is that maybe in the south southeast, so I suppose South Leinster and the drier parts of Munster, we're looking at farms there reporting and maybe a typical deficit of maybe 20 to 25 percent based on our, our recent survey um, and that's common across that's common across actually larger scale smaller scale dairy farms and dry stock farms also so it's it's a pretty average figure across everything now further north and west i suppose into the sort of connacht ulster area maybe north leinster as well those areas seem to be reporting on farms that have deficits, they're reporting deficits of maybe somewhere between 10 and 15%. So, you know, and that maybe, you know, in those areas that has improved a good bit in the last in the last couple of weeks. There's been a lot of a lot of silage made and a lot of progress made on that. So like that's that's the general the general run of it. It's kind of I suppose something like 20% in the southeast on average, maybe and more more like sort of 10% maybe at this stage in, in the more northern areas. And you know, farmers have actively um taken measures to reduce the demand on farms. You know, they've called empty or problem cows you know are there any other actions that farmers are doing and can do to reduce the feed demand for the winter okay so the, the what can they do to reduce feed demand i suppose the main the main point we'd really need to emphasize at the moment is that you know we've had a good four or five weeks of weather i know in some areas maybe still remain a bit too dry but in for in the in in the grand scheme of things i suppose things have been quite quite benevolent so the, what would concern me slightly is that people might think that that has been enough to solve the problem. Do you know what I mean? That they that they have sort of said, well, it'll be we'll, we're okay now, and, and things things will work themselves out. So I think the first thing we really need to be emphasising that people do need, you know, from this week on, like there's really not going to be much more silage made at this stage. So really, we know at this stage what the what the supply is going to be, um, and really to get to get a proper handle on that and and. and and measure that out and budget that out for the, for the year. So that that's that's the main thing that you know move away from the idea that it's sort of everything's going to be all right and put some numbers on it. So uh, once that's done, then I suppose we, we look down and see what the, what the options are to maybe reduce demand in, in in the first instance. So obviously taking out your cold cows early is one thing that we've all talked about. I know a lot of people will say that there's money to be made in mil- milking those cows on and finishing them on and whatever else. But if, if the situation at farm level is very tight for feed, um, it might be here to, to, to sort of forego that. Um, the other option, of course, is maybe to look at options around maybe getting some young stock wintered somewhere else so in a different yard for the winter time. somebody that might have feed available uh, or might have a, an opportunity. That's, in some cases, people are, are looking at those options. Maybe that could be uh, renting sheds and putting them on silage or maybe some of some tillage farms with forage crops zone might be interested in getting those grazed. So getting young stock out of the yard is, is a big one. And then obviously the final one then is looking at um, feeding some additional supplementary feed, additional concentrate maybe to reduce the total, uh, the total amount of silage fed per cow per day. 
And I suppose then when we look at, you know, you mentioned the young stock and, you know, it's not just cows that we have in, in the air to feed. But if we look at the demand of each of our groups of stock on the farm, firstly, our dry cows, typically what sort of, uh, so what amount of feed do it, does a dry cow need, um, you know, as standard? Well, look, they're going to need... If you look at it in, in if you look in sort of dry matter terms, you're looking at anywhere between eleven and twelve eleven to twelve kilos dry matter um per day. So that really translates into about fifty kilos of silage per cow per day, there or thereabouts. So scale that up, you're talking about a ton and a half per month. Um you're about a ton and a half per month ballpark figure for your for your dry cows. Uh, and you're looking at something like probably 70% of that, maybe 1.2 ton, maybe for your in-calf heifers and something like seven or 800 kilos for your, you know, maybe 700 kilos total for your young stock per month. So that's your kind of 700, 1200 and 1500 kilos per month. So, you know, if you can get, if you can maybe get your young stock removed or get them wintered in a different way, that's that can be a big help. It could be enough to close the gap or maybe, maybe the solution is to maybe drop your, um, you know, drop your your, your dry cow um, silage intake by maybe 20 percent, thirty percent, which would which would save you, you know, that's going to save you fifteen, 15 maybe fifteen kilos per of silage per cow per day, something something like that, and that would have to be obviously replaced one for one, um, in terms of dry matter, anyway, it would have to be replaced with something else. But that'd be the scale of the options that you would probably be looking at, you know. So you know where you do that and and you replace some of the dry cow f- uh, feed, say replace silage with supplement, or you know you get rid, you move the weanlings off farm for the winter period. You know, for the areas kind of in the northern parts of the country, that would actually eliminate the deficit. Um, it essentially would. Yeah, it, it essentially would. I think that if and look, I, the main thing to remember here is that if we can. If we can do something fairly significant, let's say through the months of November and December, but let's say a farm that's typically, let's say, short 15%, if they could do something for the months of November and December with dry cows, you know, for those six or seven, those six or seven weeks, if they could do something there in terms of, let's say, reduce your, your silage intake by by 20%, 25%, say, that's going to go an awful long way to 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 help and fix a problem because obviously dry cows, you know, for your standard spring calving dairy herd, the dry cow requirement is obviously a big, big part of the, it's the, it's the majority part of the winter feed budget. So, you know, I think what we have to do here is make sure that, you know, we take an action. So I think if we make one good decision for most farms, it'll solve the problem. So one good decision might be, I'm going to restrict silage to my dry cows for the month of November, December. I'm going to replace that with the appropriate amount of concentrate, restrict the silage, and then maybe look at my budget again in early to mid-January and see where I stand at that point. So rather than seeing this as being a huge sort of, almost an insurmountable or a huge task ahead of us. If we can break it down and see which actions can get us as far as possible, as soon as possible, I think that's the way we should be we should be looking at it. And say, you know, taking it a step further then as we move south in the country, taking one one or two of those actions isn't necessarily going to fill the deficit. And, you know, if we have an average of 20 to 25 percent deficit, that means that some farmers have a more severe deficit. Um, you know, what sort of diets would you would you kind of advise for a farmer with a, you know, a 25 percent, 30 percent deficit on farms say today? Yeah, well, okay. So, like, you take somebody in that situation. I think, look, 
the main thing I say in those cases, um, I know we can argue up and down about you know the, the, the economics of milking on versus not milking on, but I think when you're you know or holding on to, to cold cows etc cetera, etc cetera, to turn a cash margin on them, I think you know in situations where you're you know over thirty percent short, like like really has to be a priority to get the demand down. Like that makes a big big difference. You can save, you'd be surprised you save quite a bit of feed by offloading your cold cows early. So anybody that's facing into a you know, 30, 30% plus deficit, maybe up to 40%. At this stage, really, they should be, um, they should have their culls pretty much gone at this stage um, where possible because, look, it'll help extend <clears throat> the autumn grass as well and it'll help to extend the, the grazing rotation maybe for a couple of weeks, which will help. In, in, so that, that's the first thing. Um, in terms of the, the actual feed itself, uh, look, for 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 a lot of these farms, they are probably going to have to try and get their hands and, and buy some some long forage. So whether it's hay, you know, hay there's plenty of hay around actually further north. I think, um, some silage as well, just to bring that to try and pull some of that deficit back. Straw is quite expensive and hard to get, so the options around that are limited. So I suppose I should mention that too. This you know Chagas are setting up um and have set up. Uh, a forage register so farms around the country that might have surplus forage for sale uh, are we're, we're encouraging them to to make contact with their local office to to um to put that on register so maybe farms that are in more severe deficit areas can through their advisors can avail of that so you know there's going to have to be some effort i'd say made to bring in some long forage in those cases but with all that said and done and you take the right back to let's say if you have only you can only afford to feed, let's say, for example, three, let's say four kilos, four to five kilos dry matter of silage. You're looking at probably four or five kilos dry matter silage, three kilos, three, to, you know, in about three to four kilos actually of, you know, of concentrate basically, which is going to have to be balanced for for protein. So something like gluten and barley or gluten and hulls, three to four kilos of that, and the balance of that probably with an external long fibre source, like two to three kilos of hay or straw and that's that's the type of diet you're looking at so you know there's it really depends on the individual farm and we would be encouraging people to make contact with their advisor to work out the details of those diets really and then like finally you know you've given us a picture of what the animal needs and and the actions to take based on what sort of deficit you have on your farm can you give us the top your top tips of action farmers should take right now in their yard to prepare for the winter. Okay, so like first thing, you know, without without question, measure the pits, count the bales, do a side do a silage test as well because dry matters, you know, dry matters in the pit could be anything from twenty to twenty seven, twenty eight percent. So that'll make a big difference in terms of how much feed you actually have on hand. So, you know, measure your pits, test your silage, and you know, get a second opinion if you need it to. to to make sure you've calculated correctly. Second thing, any would any non-productive stock or any cold stock, take the hit, get them, get rid of them. It'll make space and it'll reduce the budget. The third thing, take a walk around the yard and have a look and see, have you got 700 mils, 700 millimeters, so 0.7 of a meter basically, of feed space per cow. So that's effectively enough you know that's effectively seven cows per standard per standard bay and your standard um sort of slatted shed type of th- arrangement so you want to look at your feed space and see have you got 700 mils of space per cow because if you're feeding restricted feed you're going to need for at least twice a day you know not the whole day but at least twice a day you know all cows are going to have to be able to feed at the one time so 
you know, audit your feed space. If you're short, take some steps. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be nice, but take some steps to to increase that. That could be round feeders in the yard. It could be feed trailers, whatever it might be. We've got about four or five weeks uh, to figure that out. You know, so that's that's the main things is audit the amount of feed, get rid of the non-productive ones, measure your feed space and, you know, make sure you have made plans to have enough for the cows. And then, you know, sit down and work out a, work out a feed plan or a feed, you know, a daily routine that's going to work for you. That's that's a big part of it because, you know, I think Emily is like part of this. Like we've we've done a lot of diets on paper and we can mess around with energies and proteins and fibers up and down on the page. But when it comes to the reality, you know, people have to go out and actually feed this out physically every day. And that's going to be quite difficult. So, you know, making that as easy as possible is the, is the main thing. So definitely get the feed space in place and get a good routine started early so that you can make the savings as soon as possible. And, and just to finally pick up, Joe, you mentioned the local advisor and, you know, if you need to contact the local advisor for the uh, fodder register uh, and also, you know, in terms of the winter feed budget and formulation of diets, the local advisor is available for all those things. Absolutely. Like we've done, we've done a lot of work with advisors, and advisors have contributed a lot in terms of their ideas as well. That we've we've put all, tried to put all, pull all our ideas together across the country. That you know, people can have a good. There's a good, you know, there's there, there's a good um, source of information there for 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 farmers if they need if they need some help. But like we've got a range of sample diets done out, balance for energy and protein. And look at if you have your own. You know, if you have your own sums done in terms of what silage you have, maybe a silage analysis done and your cow numbers done, you know, that's, you know, that's the most important job our advisors will be doing over the next six months is to make sure that, you know, as many farmers as possible have a good plan worked out that they can make work. So definitely I'd be encouraging people to make contact because there is good information there now at this stage. So uh, by all means, um, lift the phone and give us a call. That's great. Thank you, Joe. Okay. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Joe Patton for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey, and join me next time for your Dairy Edge. <laughs>